1: Hello everybody, we welcome back to Living in the Past for another season. This is nineteen ninety six and with today we talk about January. We have got <laughs>
2: okay,
1: we're <back>. we're gonna... <laughs> I almost want to start again. <laughs> yep. Um this, uh, this is it, the first it, take. We're, we're talking about uh, January nineteen ninety six. Um, we're talking about uh, we've got some true crime, we've got some UFOs. We've got some Paulie Shaw. We've got Mm-mm. Sally Field, just like out for revenge. We've Sandy got Sandy B. Got Sandy B. We've also got a uh, third rock from the sun to talk about. Hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we've also got a, a plethora of uh, of uh, punk rock. There we go. Alliteration um, in uh, our music. So a lot to get to today. Well, we got three. Two? <laughs> no, no, three. Oh, okay. Um. So this is, and the person that keeps interrupting me is Ben. Um, he Hello, to do that it's my just, job. You're so <laughs> he apparently rips stuff off of other podcasts and interrupts me a lot. So thanks you very You said
2: all. there was true crime. Okay. So, I mean, what if someone's listening to this on a Monday?
1: Well, true. Yeah. Um. We've got... Put your uh, makeup look, on. I'm so, I'm so happy I'm sitting here. Before nine o'clock, on a Sunday morning, nine coffee, nine. coffee, and I'm I'm living in the past. Um, and <laughs> and it's, it's I'm I'm very excited to get back into um because if you listen to last season when we were talking about stuff, we were, we were not especially uh, looking forward to 1996 just because like from the outset it looks like there not not a lot happened and there wasn't a lot of good stuff. But like scratch between a, scratch beneath that surface, baby.
2: Oh, how <laughs> wrong we were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, don't don't judge it by this one. Um, but before we get into all that, we do a little thing here called living in the now where we talk about, so we get all our stuff that's happened to us lately out for a couple of minutes and we get back in the nineties. So let's do living in the now. Um, I've been, Comfort movie um, works me a bit shit, and just like you know, we had a c- couple of a few tumultuous weeks there. So like a lot of my movies that lately that haven't been 1996 related have been just like stuff I've um, watched before. I did a I did another Fugitive watch, which was fun. Another <laughs> um, yeah, that's I've, this is my most logged movie on uh, Letterbox. By the way, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, what did does yours? the rating ever change on it for you? Do you sometimes watch and just like have a, not
2: a great day and you're like. Uh I didn't nah. take my boxes today
1: Nah, it's it will always it will never ever stop me from having i changed my mood around it's it's amazing um I watched the departed for the first time in a while um, Oh yeah, I mean mal spent the like a good half an hour afterwards like working out what Mark Wahlberg's character was doing at the end there um whether he's he's working for Jack Nicholson or if he's just like out for revenge or I'm not sure. I don't
2: think that was his character. I think that was just Mark Wahlberg. Um,
1: I think that was his true self came out, and that's the kind of person he is. As soon as I started talking about it, I'm like, this is the wrong person to talk about a Mark Wahlberg bit. Okay, so taking Uh, away all your- Wait, did he do that? And he got away with it? (laughs) That doesn't make- What? No. Oh, wait, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. But taking all that aside, what do you think Dignam was doing at the end of, like, when he shoots- Matt Damon's character at the end of spoiler alert if you haven't seen that um, uh,
2: I think that's a purely a revenge thing he's okay. not working for no one he just hates always hated Matt Damon
1: and yep. he wanted to get rid of him yeah and look as much as I hate, uh, I hate it but like his character his acting in that movie is quite funny <laughs> It there's does a, fit him very well. There's a bit where he, where Mark, where Matt Damon's looking out from a window onto like the bullpen, and then Mark Wahlberg walks past and just sticks his finger up it, in, and then, but then sort of like leaves it there as he's walking past. It's just uh, it is pretty funny. Um, he does
2: Angry Boston really really well, and I yeah. for a while there I thought I liked Mark Wahlberg more than Matt Damon.
1: Mm. Yeah, but
2: part of me wishes that their roles were reversed at the end of that film, and I would still like it much. We've more. got a.
1: Yeah. Got baby Matt Damon coming up uh, later in this year. Some uh, courage under fire. Oh yeah. Which I think you, I was, I was doing the fact sheet for that one last night, and I'm like, I remember you like big, big ups for that film. Or maybe it's a Yeah,
2: I, I very much liked it as a child. For some, I think one of those movies you watch when you're young that you maybe not old enough to watch. You're like, oh, my, i don't know. now. This movie was cool. <laughs> and then as now you watch <laughs>
1: watching. Like, Everyone else in school was like, I saw wild Orchard and saw boobs. You're like, I saw a well-timed. Military uh, drama thriller starring Cuba Gooding Jr. and a young Matt Damon. <laughs> David
2: and Margaret called it a dumbed-down version of... Uh... <laughs> oh, I don't even know what a dumbed-down version it would be of. A Few Good uh, Men. There a Few you Good go. Men, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's A Few Good Men for Dummies. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, yeah, um, not much else happening in my, my world. Um...
2: Let's get to the belief in the room and talk about how incredible
1: Ted Lasso has been and how it's forever changed all of our lives it has been good yeah right? that's that's that was a and like um I, I also was battling with the because uh, I tend to I'm a bit of a I, re, I read the um pop culture sort of blogs and, and like a lot of the movie TV show sort of sites and a lot of them were slamming it like the season yeah. like people were slamming the season and I was like I don't know and like I think a few moments were a bit like sort of sickly sweet but like it's also a Bill Lawrence from Scrubs like, that's kind of his jam. His, his sickly sweet jam. Um, and it's
2: like, it's not, I don't want to be one of those people like, it's not real, but it's not. And for someone to, I think you mentioned as well at some point, calling it like some of the episodes of fan service and just giving people what they want. It's like, well, that's, that's what we want.
1: Yeah. And okay. Like, if anyone's was any, under oh. any illusion that like, uh, you know, there's going to be like, I think even some, even some of the uh, actors are calling for a spinoff now, um, and they're like, you're insane if you don't do like a spin off of like just, just basically like the Richmond and Hannah Waddingham would be like the main. Financially
2: speaking, yes, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna be the same, is it?
1: Yeah, but I think the I think Coach Beard because he's he's a co-writer and co-producer of the I think he's on board for more. I think Jason because is definitely out. Yeah, um,
2: I think if you had um, Beard, Rebecca and Roy.
1: Yeah. I reckon think Keely that. and
2: Jamie would be that. Yeah, I'd watch and
1: that. To be honest, I think for season 3, uh they were setting us up for that anyway because there was a lot of like low ted episodes where you yeah. didn't come into it and it's like and you you were focusing on on Roy and Keely and all that stuff. Welcome to Ted Lasso in the past. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, away from Ted Lasso, we also finished off Barry which I uh, don't don't tell me I haven't watched um any of that I, I'm yet. not going
2: to say but it it's I'm I'm happy with how it went. Yeah. Um I'll let Bill know. Uh, that's all I'm going to say, because otherwise I yeah. may crack some eggs.
1: Don't, because I'm going to, I'm also trying to like, that and um, any Indiana Jones stuff, like reviews and that stuff, I'm trying to like. Oh, yeah. Re- um, uh, cool. And last night we watched Knock at the Cabin and that was passable. Um. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh so yeah that's something that brings up, brings up to up to Oh we watched Hunt for the Wilder people as a family last night too and the kids. Oh yeah.
2: That one's cool. Movie.
1: Fucking hell it's a good
2: movie. That kid's hilarious.
1: Yep. Um all right, so let's get out of the now and get back into the past of the nineties. January nineteen ninety six, let's go. <laughs> All right, so every year we have an International Year of, and this is the International Year of the Eradication of Poverty. We did it! Yeah. I don't know what anyone's complaining about, because in 1996, they were, we got rid of it. So I don't know why people talk about poverty anymore. It's like, it's... it's.
2: You know. I mean, it's a bit
1: harsh. It took so long to get around to this year, but they did it. <laughs> Apparently, um, they'd had the day of it for, since 1988. But this was, like, the, the first year of it, and I'm like... Oh, I guess it-
2: you can't eradicate it in a day, can you? <laughs> we don't
1: want to do it in 1988. They were, like, still watching Back to the Future, I don't know.
2: What do we have a few years ago, like, the year of prejudice or something? Or yeah. Tolerance. Yeah, we, got rid tolerance.
1: Of that. we got rid of that, too. We got rid of tolerance. Yeah. We, well, yeah, we got
2: rid of tolerance. <laughs> we, t- we tried to tolerate poverty, and then we just couldn't,
1: so we had to eradicate it. So, yeah, that's another... Um, yeah, we have fun. Um, <laughs> let's get on um, to... Um, so, the French uh, stopped... Uh, performing nuclear tests. I remember in the 90s, like it was a big thing that France was uh, doing nuclear tests all the time in French Polynesia and Algeria. Um, it was the basis for the 1998 Godzilla movie, um, oh. which we will get to. Classic. Oh, yeah. um, and I, 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 was, I was writing about this and I was, I was, I was learning about it. I was like, why, the, why did even the French need to be testing nuclear lessons? So, um, start back in the 50s. Apparently France wanted to have its own private arsenal against the Soviets, like for communism and all of stuff. Um, but they called their own private arsenal force de frappe, Oh, <laughs> which made me just think of those like creamy coffee drinks you get from Yeah, <laughs> They didn't know that, did they? Well, I was like, I'm sure like the, I, I should have probably, uh, um, what does frappe mean? I thought, I thought frappe. Yeah, I was
2: about to ask you that. I assumed you would know.
1: Yeah, I should have um, looked that up. Um. But it just seems so cute that they're like, oh, <laughs> I are like a creamy coffee.
2: I mean, if you just go to translate, it says, uh, I saw a chilled drink, <laughs> but French. there must be a different version, <laughs> a different, or different translation.
1: spelling. Translation. All right, let's see. Struck. Okay. Force to struck. Strike. I guess that's kind of cool. Well, how's that turn into a coffee drink then? Maybe also, struck, they... struck struck by the diabetes that you're doing. <laughs> struck by a froth on your lips.
2: <laughs> oh, Maybe they so altered strange. the meaning when they stopped testing.
1: Man, like mid-2000s when they really hit and like everyone just had like cream just everywhere. There was this cream, <laughs> just cream. Cream just everywhere. Um, Lisa Marie, the uh, Elvis's daughter. Um, yes. she divorced Michael Jackson. They were they, they they actually announced it in in December 1995, but it was sort of um um they they were talking about it well into January. Um, I wanted to go through a couple of things of their relationship. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, trigger alert, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Anything, anytime any time I talk about Michael Jackson, I just think I should do a blanket one. Um, yeah, blanket, huh? <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> i didn't even mean to Jesus. <laughs> um so <laughs> uh the two started dating when she was 25 years old but Jack- michael jackson later said he first met her backstage when he she was seven and he was 17. um
2: i didn't know it was that big an age gap
1: yeah um, oh, by the way, I've been checking some of the marriages that happened in uh, 1996, and it was the year of uh, Robin the Cradle. Hakeem Olajuwon was 30, oh, I think it was like 30 something, and he got married an 18 year old. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, she came and, and sort used to see him uh, play when he was in um, the Jackson Five, uh, and then when she when she turned 18, this is this is Michael's quote. Okay, I'm not going to do the voice. Well at first, when she was eighteen, I used to tell my lawyer do this is the my lawyer do you know Miss Lisa Marie Presley?" and he says, "Well, I represent her mother, and he said, "Well, can you get in touch with her because I think she's very cute oh. and the lawyer would laugh every time, so yeah, at that stage, you know she's eighteen, he's what twenty eight um and uh I mean at least can I say <laughs> it's legal age he's Oh, well, look, yeah, it's, it's all legal, but it's a little bit gross. Um, So, apparently the divorce because... Was he asking
2: from when he was 17, though? Yeah, well, that's... Was he asking that, that question for 11 years? <laughs> and, and the lawyer just like, like um, right. the boy is,
1: I, I'm going to tell you what I told you last year. No. <laughs> and then he checked his sundial watch and went, well, the time has come, Michael. I
2: will pass on your 11-year-old message. Do you still think she's cute? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, apparently so like the, the, the way that everyone said that when they divorced was that um it was mutual but apparently the uh, years later Lisa Marie would Lisa Marie would tell people that it was because he was pressuring her to have children. Um wow. and he she doesn't wasn't at the time that she wanted to. She said when, she said, I needed to make sure everything all around was good. Um I didn't want to bring him into certain circumstances. Look into that what you see what you want. Mm-hmm. Um and then Michael said <laughs> Um Michael said um, he started dating someone else while she was well while they were married because you know that's that's normal in celebrities. And Michael yeah. said that he he met this girl, um Debbie Rowe at the uh at his <laughs> um at a dermatology clinic because he was all about getting skin stuff done. Um right. and he said like, Oh well um I've got a you know my girlfriend Debbie? Yeah. Um she said she'll have kids if you don't want to have kids, so you know, make a choice. And Lisa was like, go have it with Debbie. <sighs>
2: Ah, oh, that's not
1: nice. <clears throat> no, it's not. Um, uh, Debbie and Michael Jackson would actually marry later this year. Um, yeah, she gave, <laughs> she gave birth to um Prince and Paris Jackson um in 1997, 1998. Uh, I think, well, she, she uh, it actually wasn't his children though. It was actually a donation from an anonymous sperm donor. So Paris and. Weird. Prince. Um, and again, look into all this as you will, because you know. Look, I think he's a. I think he was a bad guy, and I think he also was a weird guy. <laughs> so, um, it's not look, a good mix. No, it's not good. Bad and weird is not good. So let's keep the bad going. Um I, I apologize because this is when we get into our true crime portion. We don't usually do a lot of true crime, but there's like seems to be a lot of it this year. Um do you know about the Amber Alert system over in America? For when... I do now. Yeah, so when the children when children are missing there's a um specific alert called the Amber um uh, or it's a child abduction emergency alert. And it was all because in 1996 in January um a young 7-year-old uh, girl named uh Amber Hagerman um was uh, mur- oh, well, she was kidnapped and then she was um, later found murdered. Uh, she was, sorry, she was age nine. Um, after being abducted in like a, a, a mall parking lot, his, her and her brother were playing and her brother went home and she said, I'll be there in a bit. And then they came back and just found her bike. Apparently, with the actual abduction was witnessed to. Um, they never, they've never found who did it, but um, the father of Amber was contacted by another father who had a similar thing happen in California um this happened in Austin uh Texas uh and they then basically pleaded to the um uh to basically to the like, the government and to law enforcement agencies that this needs to stop happening and they made this thing called the amber alert which is um you know it's been successful and been uh well used and unfortunately has to be used um but yeah it was, I see a- as well
2: they've got different names <laughs> for it in different states where something similar has happened
1: Okay, I thought it was just a. I thought it was just a all over, but yeah, maybe it does. I yeah. think they probably have
2: it, um, like across America because it's a lot. Uh, not to be uh, offensive, but it is quite catchy. Um yeah. In Georgia, they had Levi's call. Hawaii, they had the Molly Amber Alert. Uh, Arkansas had Morgan Nick Amber Alert. Okay. Utah, they had Rachel Alert. Okay. So like, mm. they would have had like big name cases and. Yeah, they would have named it after them, but it's still a thing. Uh, Google and Bing and Facebook—they still send out little alerts when
1: ah, something yeah. like this happens. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, it's crazy, and unfortunately, like just fucking horrible that they have to have such a thing. But um, just you know, I'm good on the parents for like using their tragedy to to make some change, and that—that's yeah, that was awesome. So it's a pretty heartbreaking story to like if you don't don't read into it if you're. Not wanting to, because yeah, it was one of those ones that's like, ooh, it's not, not good stuff. Um, going on yeah. to another. Um, <clears throat> so I never knew about this. I don't know if you did about the Israel Sun. Well, I shouldn't call the Israel Sun murders because it's not actually anything to do with Silverchair. But like, um, have you heard about this when uh, a defense team tried to use Israel Sun as a reason for a sixteen-year-old killing no. his parents? Okay. No, I did not. So, um there is so there was obviously a... nothing to do with the song. The song. No, no, it's just no. So, coincidence. So what happened was in, in um Seattle, um in nineteen ninety six, Brian Bassett and Nicholas McDonald um killed Brian's parents and also drowned his five year old brother. Um, and so they went to court uh they were, they were caught and went and, and um their defence attorney uh tried to use Israel's son because apparently uh, he listens to that song a lot, and also uh, he would oh. he, was, he danced around the crime scene to it after he'd killed oh. everyone. Um, this is the actual uh, court transcript of, of of how the defense attorney sort of tried to bring son into it. So. Um, I kind of feel like wanting to do it as like a down South attorney, even though it's in Seattle. <laughs> but I you, just, you just want to do a Tommy Jones, don't you? This is all almost a script. <laughs> uh, it's relevant to everything. The legal issues, the mental issues is why this has happened. Um, and he said like, uh, hate is what I feel for you, the lyrics say. I want you to know that I want you dead. I hate you and your apathy. You can leave, you can leave. I don't want you here. Hate and execution, put your hands in the air. Put your hands in the air. <laughs> he actually read this out in court. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um and then the pr- prosecutors came back and said what does this prove does this prove that the bastard hated his parents does it prove that he has a motive to kill his parents no all it proves is he it was a song that he played and the judge agreed and threw it out and uh so silver chair so he came back and said um silver chair do not have not I never would condone violence of any sort um and basically just like condemned it and um rejected any allegation that they had anything to do with it sort of thing but i had never heard that i'd heard a lot of stuff about um like i think there was like a one about slayer and uh Ozzy osborne and, and all that sort of stuff but i never heard about civil chair um no like, me well, either uh, <laughs> and that would have been like you know and they're still like they hadn't put out freak show yet so like they're still basking in the in the frog stomach it's like they've already been yeah accused of that so maybe like when you when people throw shit at daniel johns <laughs> Maybe think about some of the shit that he had to go through at a very yeah. young age.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because he's uh, only 17 uh, now, 17, maybe? 17,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> he
1: can deal with that, yeah. Uh, going into uh, uh, you know, spooky territory, almost, we had the uh, va- Vagina, Vagina, UFO, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Vagina, <Varina>. um, <laughs> Vagina. Vagina. Uh UFO uh incident. So this was a um UFO that was seen in Brazil by um a bunch of people. Uh lots of uh, there's a if you've got Tubi, there is a uh documentary on there that you can watch. Ooh. Um uh, Tubi's free, so you can you can check that out. It's actually not I I had a flick through it, I'm gonna have a better watch of it um uh pro this week sometime, but it does there is like some sort of grainy footage in there. Um have you heard about this at all?
2: I'd never heard about this. I wish you'd mentioned it before and I might've watched the uh, thing before (laughs) the episode.
1: There was um, three women in particular saw it. Um, They said that um, a large headed biped with spots like veins on the skin and some bumps on the head um, and the eyes were two red balls. The creature was called E.T. da Vahina um, (laughs) seemed to be wobbly or unsteady and the girls assumed it was injured or sick. Um and then they said that they saw the they saw the devil, which seems to be a lot, of, especially in a lot of these countries. It's like if they see something weird. It's just like it's just the it's the devil. Yeah, um, uh, lot of lot of yeah, lot of rumors uh, went around. Um, uh, people seem to think they've seen uh, a lot of UFOs action. Um, apparently uh, reports of extraterrestrials being brought into the local hospital and like being under guard. Um, animals at the zoo mysteriously dying. Um, all sorts of um, Well apparently
2: uh a film came out in 2020 about it.
1: Is yeah that's the, that the is that the yeah that's the one yeah yeah so it's actually okay. been it's actually pretty pretty recent so yeah it's called Moment of Contact. Um so yeah there's family, apparently yeah, there's family a, movie night tonight i know what we're watching.
2: <laughs> there's a UFO Files episode about it as well from 2011. Ooh. And another film called 1996. That came out in 2020. But I think that's a
1: Blair Witch style uh, okay. film, not a Ducko. Well, yeah. Let's talk about the Gong Globes. Um, uh. yes. yes, we have to. I don't care. Um, so. That's the point. You don't care. Why do you always
2: talk about them? I don't know. <laughs> you talk about them just to saw yourself upon them.
1: Drama. Best best uh, movie drama was Sense and Sensibility. Uh, best musical was Babe. Um which I, okay. you know, won over Toy slim Story. Slim Pickens, I guess? Toy no. Story, Sabrina, Get Shorty, The American Brit, actually, that's pretty Slim pickings. Sense and Sensibility I... won against Apollo 13, Braveheart, The Bridges of Madison County, and Leaving Las Vegas.
2: Yeah, fair. Not that I watched it, but probably. Um, um, it, yeah. Is this when comedy and musical were the same category?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, Nicolas Cage won for Leaving Las Vegas. Um, Sharon Stone won for Casino. That's That's deserved. Um, John Travolta won for Get Shorty in the most boring role mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Nicole Kimmon won for for Devo- To Die For and I think this really kickstarted her like career because um, I think after this she gets like a lot of big plum roles and look I think she was great in To Die For that was one of my big films of last season it was you um, really liked that I did Brad Pitt won for 12 Monkeys a supporting actor Mira Savina for Mighty Aphrodite um, Mel Gibson won for Best Director best screenplay was emma thompson okay. for sense and sensibility uh emma thompson yeah no way yeah ah uh, woman! best drama series was party of five mm. right on <laughs> sybil won for best comedy or musical um series up against fraser so it's a fucking whatever um <laughs> 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 uh, <You> sexist pig <laughs> nah sybil, yeah civil sybil, was awesome jimmy smith's one for drama series good old jimmy um, I really liked him in um, was he in Dexter? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the
2: worst. Uh, I like him. Laura was obsessed with him, and I maybe had it even more.
1: <laughs> Kelsey Grumman won for Frasier, of course. So. <laughs> <laughs> dope Niles, uh, and then uh, best lead actress was Sybil Shepherd and Sybil Jane Seymour and Doctor Quinn won against Gillian Anderson in X Files, nice. so that was fucking Ooh. robbery. Um, and then the rest of it, yeah, whatever. So yeah, that's our Golden Globes. Um and then man, so much stuff in the events of this one. Yeah. Uh we have um the nineteen ninety six big day out came. Um a lot of stuff didn't come to Adelaide. <laughs> if you look at there's a there's a Classic. list that you can find about who went who went to each each uh stop and Adelaide is left out on quite a lot.
2: Uh but yeah, we Yeah, have- quite sad looking at it now. Uh Billy Bragg skipping Adelaide because I did, yeah. He was here recently and he seemed to really like it. And Reef. Meh.
1: Well, oh, okay. pleasure. Can't
2: wait. That's what people wanted to hear.
1: Yeah. And then, even though they hadn't heard it yet, it's like, I think you got something else in the background there, guys. Can you play that? <laughs> oh, <Order. laughs> no. Next year. <laughs>
2: that guy talks funny.
1: He does. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had Porn papyro's Paro's Machine, Elastica, The Prodigy, uh The Jesus Lizard, Tricky, Brilly Bragg, Reef, Tism, Nick Cave in the Bad Seas, Tumbleweed, Regurgitia, Spider Man, Radio Birdman, Spider Man, Spider Bait. <laughs> she had. Remember She Had? Um that, that changed too. that changed the name. Um and Magic Dirt Ammonia Custard. Powderfinger did not come to Adelaide. Take that, Bob. It's too far. <laughs> um and then a bunch of other people. Like, you yes. had
2: Rancer do uh two shows. What's that? rancid did Sydney and Melbourne.
1: They did that, and they also played. Um, oh, there was another. Uh, um, they played Livid. I'm pretty sure as well. Uh, but they didn't come to Adelaide that tour.
2: I'm yeah, it's sure. weird. The, like, I'm used to seeing a bunch of bands not do a certain city, but the, like if you go through the wiki page of who was at Big Day Out that year, they're like, it's a very, very long list. Yeah, it's huge. Yes. Some bands that just did Sydney or just did Melbourne or just did Sydney and Melbourne. But that's probably their local bands and, like... and all that stuff too. Yeah, it seems like a lot though. Of... Elastica's on there. <laughs> What's going on?
1: <laughs> what is this? Um, all right, cool. The we'll Jesus show... did one. Yeah, the what Adelaide?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of scrolling, okay?
1: They're playing they're playing, uh they're playing soon. They're still together. Yeah,
2: they they're always still playing soon.
1: Yeah. Um, Alright, so that is all my events, and I hope you realise that I, did, I, let, I didn't did leave the bad ones to the end. the, the I, I want to give you a nice little intro into sport. So here it is. Here's sport. What a legend! What a
2: champion. No, it's been a marvellous game here. Welcome back to Pleasure Town, everybody. (laughs) I'm going to get straight to the punch because I think... 95 95 was was a long time ago, but I think that I mentioned the World Darts Championships. (laughs) They started on Boxing Day.
1: Like you said, I'm going to get to the punch and start with
2: darts. Started on Boxing Day. Come on. Get with it.
1: I will say that um, that scene... From season two of lasso where um ted's playing darts against rupert comes up a lot in my uh you know when you when you oh, watch yeah. a video it comes yeah. up on your instagram like yeah that that seems amazing so yeah
2: go okay. anyway i forgot all about that time for a rewatch yeah um so on the 1st of january i can't believe darts players would be fit and able to throw darts across oh, christmas
1: break just gonna go straight through the they haven't, they haven't slept since november
2: was semi finals so they did quarter finals on the 29th, semi finals on the 30th. I don't know what happened on the 31st because no one was around, and then they had the final on the 1st of January.
1: Oh, uh, but, but the event fair, started on Boxing Day, to be fair. There's probably not that, and cricket would be the only sports that you probably got like the energy to watch.
2: Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, anyway, Phil Taylor won. Uh, moving on, bastard. <laughs> Um, for the first time in 25 years, mm-hmm. no one is elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame.
1: Ah, you're Probably
2: all due to the strikes shit. and things that they had and like shorter seasons. Give, give it to Darryl. Everyone's just grumpy and just doesn't want to
1: enjoy <laughs> give, baseball at the moment. Give, give Daryl like just like a, you know, something.
2: Well, you'd think with all the negative Daryl news, maybe they'd want some positivity and like,
1: hey, let's celebrate some baseballers. It's like, you know, we're not doing baseball hall famous year. We're going to do most cocaine consumed in the baseball season and Daryl, <laughs> <laughs> have a sip of coffee and come right up here, mate. <laughs> most arrests.
2: He just, he'll just he sweep the awards like Homer did. Yeah, most, most child payments not paid. Poor <laughs> oh, oh, Daryl. Good Darryl. thing that it, uh, it's a water off a duck's back. Um, other <laughs> other big American sporting news.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: this is this is a sad one. Oh. The sale of Winnipeg Jets was approved, okay. and they went to
1: Arizona. Such as such a different place too. So let's go to some place where it's cold most of the year to Arizona. <laughs>
2: but then it it's also kind of like. Did all it the kind players of on the roster have to like, go down? Uh, I don't think they all had to. Um, we'll get to that. Okay, that's it's only just begun. Okay,
1: um,
2: just begun. There was there was quite a lot. Like the the fans kept coming out. Like the team was doing pretty well. It's the first time I think they'd missed the playoffs for. Like I feel like they made it a few years in a row. Like the team was doing well. Yeah, it's not like a Sonic See, situation
1: odd. where like they were. Bombing is like all right. Let's just get yeah. out of here. They bombing suck. Bombing for years and years and years. Well, there's uh, a couple. Bombing for like the better part of a decade.
2: Yeah, uh, they still won a championship. Um, <laughs> so yeah, to me, it, like it doesn't. Not that it makes sense, but Winnipeg is quite a small city in comparison to like Toronto or Vancouver. Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but like yeah, a they, cultural reference for Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> they they were sold and off they went.
1: Ah, oh, to Cape Canaveral.
2: Yeah, and happier news. Yeah, we had the the return of another great. Remember when Michael Jordan said, "I'm back." Mm-hmm. Well, Mister Magic Johnson said, "Hey guys, I'm going to come and play some basketball." Oh, nice. Yeah, he returned to the NBA after four, uh, four Is years. out
1: first one's post. Diagnosis of AIDS, or yes. all right.
2: So he did play in one of the All Star games because okay. everyone voted him to play, and he had to. Um, but yeah, he he did a bit of coaching, and then he came back, and did pretty well. Like he took them to the finals, where they they lost. Um, there was quite a rift, though, apparently with like management and Magic. Like he wanted more game time. He wanted to be like a superstar again, but he wasn't actually that great.
1: Yeah, we um, have a few years off, and like I think he's getting yeah. older too. I mean, he also has like it also has a fucking autoimmune disease too. So
2: yeah, but like his his numbers were pretty good. Like he he did help them yeah. make the playoffs. Um, yeah. but he was also like coach player for a little bit there. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I think it was it was all it got a bit messy. I think, um, so that didn't really last. But good on him for coming back. Yeah. Um. In less exciting even less exciting news. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> the
2: Australian thing. Open was here. Uh, golf hey. or tennis. Oh,
1: tennis. Okay, was uh I'm not sure uh, that might sound there?
2: like golf was Sant Press there. He lives did smash there.
1: Smash it. He did not. Against the oh, I don't like accuracy, one bit.
2: Well, even better, my friend. Our uh, our good friend Ted Danson oh, nice. won the men's singles. <laughs> Otherwise known as Boris Becker. Yeah, he doesn't uh, like Ted
1: Danson at all.
2: <laughs> Ted Danson was in a show called Becker.
1: I thought you with it. I thought you meant he looked like this. Like he's a, he's a German redhead.
2: <laughs> I mean, Ted Danson's hair was kind of red at one point, wasn't it? Like a deep brown, okay, reddish, maybe reddish brown. Yeah, uh, Monica Sellis continues her triumphant return. Well, yeah. that was her last career. Grand Slam, but you know, what well i monica. Um one of the woodies wins the doubles, but not with the other Woody. <laughs> Isn't
1: that weird? <laughs> okay. He didn't Yeah, what what happened then? He wanted to uh um he teamed up with a Latvian. He wanted to separate with the, he wanted to separate the the Woodies.
2: How'd he end up teaming up with a Latvian woman? I don't
1: know. Look, I if back in the day I probably would have because you know, I used to have to watch tennis a lot because my mum and my sister were like real into it. But um,
2: yeah, And mine's some tennis. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh. Eh. Like it's, I don't know. Like I, I do get into it. Like if if it's a good game, it's like cricket. Like if it's a, if it's an exciting game, but like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite the uh, difference if it's a shit game. Like it's it's really yeah. really yeah. Whereas like I think with football. And soccer and, and stuff like that. It's like I think there's enough interest for me to just, just keep watching it. I don't know. Would I don't you know. have
2: more interest in watching the African Cup of Nations? Of of don't have to ask me twice. Come on, let's talk about this. All right. Um I can't find why, but <laughs> Nigeria withdrew yeah. from the tournament. Oh. Uh, probably because of um <laughs>
1: who's the dude in Dead Lasso? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's well, it says from pressure from the then-dictator, Sonu Abacha.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably then, yeah.
2: But I, I, did, he just didn't want them to rock up and play. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then Guinea was offered their spot um, and they didn't take it because they weren't prepared. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Who won? Um, but the final was held on February 3rd, so oh, you'll have to come back. no. yeah sorry kids hang in there all right but that leads us to the moment everyone has been waiting for 1996 sports oh yeah we're back we are back in canada we have the Canadian Senior Curling Championships, which I don't believe to be elderly, but
1: just adults. <laughs> Knowing curling, a could be to seniors. Who knows? I oh, don't know. I'd think seniors would die. Like, it's a pretty physical sport.
2: If you're a sweeper, I guess. Yeah.
1: But oh, if, if you're but just, if you're like just the... throwing that rock. Yeah. I suppose, yeah.
2: I don't know. Um, we had two events. The mixed curling... Uh, that was on PEI. That's Prince Edward Island to the normies. <laughs> of course. That was just a mixed event, I believe. Okay. And we also had the the senior one which was a week later in Alberta.
1: Saskatchewan one.
2: Uh, you just like saying it, don't you? <laughs> yes. You don't care who wins or all- you maybe don't even know
1: if they're in it. Maybe Regina, maybe Ottawa, maybe Vancouver. You,
2: you say Regina?
1: Regina is um, another um, Moose Jaw. Is it Moose Jaw?
2: I don't think that's a province. I think it's just Manitoba. like Manitoba is a province, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the it's men's, it was Ontario ah, okay. who beat Northern Ontario. Ah,
1: well, uh,
2: nice nice rivalry there, huh? Yeah. yeah. But
1: it's yeah. shit for everyone else. It's like, well, if I'm not from Ontario here, when are we going to watch it? <laughs>
2: Basically. Um, the women's, uh, the final was you want to say Saskatchewan
1: one again Saskatchewan yeah
2: uh it was Ontario yeah. uh beat BC BC made it to the final for the yeah. first time I I I think from memory <laughs> who knows uh and in the mixed ha- have one more guess Saskatchewan <laughs>
1: yeah it was <laughs> and Manitoba <laughs> and, and Ontario, Ontario. Oh, yes
2: I um, they just know how to curl. Get off my dick,
1: Ontario. Um... No, that's where they live.
2: <laughs> January 14th at 6.30pm, Ontario finally lost. Oh, good. And that, my friends, is the curl of the rock.
1: Nice. Love it. Good night. Good night. Uh, let's go on to... Film. No, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go, let's go to film. Um, alrighty. So, <laughs> as a, as, as my friend Andy would say, oof, <laughs> he does a good oof, that guy. <laughs> um, we have Biodome, don't be a menace in South Central while, while drinking juice in the hood. Dunson checks in, eye for an eye, two if by sea, from dust till dawn, bed of roses, big bully, screamers, and idiot box. <sighs>
2: Can I just what? mention that Two of by Sea is also called Stolen Hearts.
1: Ah, did it steal your heart? As per the trailer I watched, did it steal your heart?
2: Mm, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> did you watch the whole film? I did. Oh, please tell me about it. So, like, I, I was uh, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't on streaming. So, like, um, I was tossing up between this and Screamers, and I picked Screamers, and I think, um, <laughs> as in the Last Crusade, I chose poorly. <laughs> 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 um, so, tell me about 2FIC or Solon.
2: Um, so, in case no one knows, you might pick up from the trailer. They're from Boston, <laughs> um, which you'll find out every time they say a word that you can use a Boston accent on. <laughs> Ka. But just so you know, in case you miss it, uh, Dennis Leary wears a Red Sox shirt. Um, one of the bad guys wears a Red Sox shirt. What The kid, um, one of the kids from Sleepers is in it. Oh, nice. He wears a Bruins hat. Ah, so we're in Boston, everyone. Make note. Uh, sadly, Sandra Bullock also gets involved in trying to do an occasional Boston accent, but she spends time in New York. So every now and then she's like kind of New York-y.
1: I don't know whether she's it's... good at... She, I think she got the Southern accent right in um in some of her films, but I don't know whether... Because I think she's from down South-ish. Yeah.
2: Um, she's definitely not from
1: Boston. Boston. <laughs> you can tell but... um, in Departed uh um martin Sheen and even Jack Nicholson, he basically just says Far and for, for four he says "far." um no. that's the only thing they do, and it's just like, all right, maybe you should just stop yeah um so tell me, so it's about uh bank robbers yeah or uh
2: thieves? it's um about a cashier and a thief cashier so <laughs> Dennis Leary decides to he, his job is like stealing things and then like he sells them off to a buyer and he gets a cut. So he steals his painting. (laughs) Job, job. (laughs) okay. He he steals his painting three days earlier than he was supposed to. Yeah, and they're meeting the buyer up in uh, like the Boston Hamptons. I don't know what you'd call it. Maine, Um, Nova Scotia, (laughs) Nova Scotia, but it's not Nova Scotia because it's in Boston. Okay. Um. So they head up there for the weekend because he's like, I saw this painting early. We're gonna have a nice weekend away. I don't know where we're gonna stay, and the cops are after us, but. It'll be cute. Um, she doesn't like him very much because he's not a very good boyfriend. Okay. But
1: Dennis Leary's not a very good boyfriend. Wow.
2: <laughs> she's just a cashier, you know. This is the best she can do. Uh, and then they crash in this house that happens to be empty, and the neighbor is a very uh, well-to-do British man that she finds quite attractive. And Dennis Leary thinks that he's gay.
1: Who's who's who's, who's played that? Who plays that?
2: Uh, I don't know. I've never seen him in anything before, but he's okay. not bad. Like, he's fine. Um, so she starts hanging out with this guy, being very flirty, and Dennis Leary doesn't murder him for some reason. I think he's keeping a low profile. Um, the, there's some... Like, Dennis Leary's boss is making his way up to this little town to get the painting and meet the buyer. He's very angry all the time. He's very, very bad Joe Pesci. It's got... Oh, you Mike have a coat yeah um he's a fbi agent called o'malley
1: <laughs> and he, at
2: one point he, he rocks up to a crime scene and the guy this other little cop goes oh, o'malley he's like yeah what it's like oh i just i just thought like, thought i'd be more irish he's like yeah he's like top of the fucking morning to you <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah the is amazing he plays he's um... really really good he plays the FBI agent in um, uh, Midnight Run too. I wonder if there's some, there's some crossover there because like he
2: reminds not... me a lot of a young, well not young, I guess same age, Sam Richardson.
1: Oh yeah, yep,
2: yeah, yeah, Simps- good. But not as not as cute. A bit a bit meaner. I like he's, it though. Yeah. Um, they do make a weird Homer Simpson reference as well at the start.
0: Okay. She,
2: good, he good. says he has a plan, and she's like, "You've got a plan like Homer Simpson would have a plan."
1: you know someone you know someone's someone's, going oh
2: (laughs) but they also Dennis Leary is saying that Cats is a bad Broadway play um, and it is for fags Uh, and Sandra Bullock says what about Batman isn't he a fag because he dresses up yeah Um, Mm. but then later on the, the four other cronies so Mike Starr from Dumb and Dumb was one there's another guy from things, the kind of guy you see him and when you like, oh, you're from 90s movies, um, and like they, there are four of them in this big uh, concrete truck. They squeeze in the front seat, yeah. And this guy goes, I think he says, "Stop touching my dick," or was like, "Stop leaning up." He says something, I missed it, and he goes, "I'm not a fag. I'm just curious." Oh My
1: God, yeah.
2: So. Really, what? like, we've heard it a lot throughout the 90s, but they're really throwing it around.
1: I wonder if oh, Dennis Leary, uh, oh, yep, he wrote it and directed it. No he... no, he didn't direct it, Bill Bennett directed it, but he he wrote it. So, I'm like, yeah, he's probably like, yeah, let's, let's put, yeah, he, he it. did
2: the screenplay and he was, he had a lot of involvement in it. He also name drops Trump as like an impressive thing. Ooh. Um, we also hear the R word quite often. Oh, uh, so anyway, uh, O'Malley, the FBI cop, find like he's trailing them very easily because they're very stupid. They find them. Um, the neighborhood kid is showing Dennis Leary's sex tapes of the British guy, and then he's like, "Oh, hang on, that's one of those fancy paintings in the background, and I'm a painting thief, and I know that painting. That's in a book that I saw." So they go to arrest Dennis Leary and Sandra Bullock, and they're like, "No, no, no, wait, I can, I'll find you the buyer of who wants to buy the painting," and he's just. English englishman next door and they go into oh, his house
1: yeah. oh, okay. all the
2: paintings are just copies and fakes they're like no it's not him but dennis leary the former plasterer who doesn't want to be a plaster anymore noticed that the wall has recently been plastered
1: oh, and he so, finds a hidden
2: room with all the real paintings
1: you know when because i think his wife helped him and it's like they must have been like well, i could be an i could be an ex plasterer and I know that the wall's different all right We've had genius for today. Let's go have a let's go have a drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go have eight cigarettes.
2: <laughs> um. So then, the FBI man O'Malley lets them go, regardless yeah, yeah, the, of the fact yeah, that is a thief. A... He evaded the cops. He stole a car. He, he like broke into the house.
1: Not, he sounds like a lot like a character in his Midnight Run. Um.
2: Um. They they caught the main bad guy. It's it's a real Scooby Doo ending. And okay. sadly, Sandra and Dennis stay together. Uh, they're walking down the street at the end and she's like, are you going to quit smoking? He's like, oh, I think about it. And then she goes, bye. And she walks off and it's great. That's and then he comes back. He's like, okay, okay, I'll quit. He's like, are you going to get a real job? He's like, uh, and she's like bye. And she walks off. Like,
0: yeah, Sandy, just
2: fucking run. Um, just And then <laughs> again, like throughout their entire relationship, I'm, I think they've been together for seven years. She says he's 35 and she is 30. And for 7 years his life has gone nowhere. Just full of empty promises and she made him make more empty promises which he made <laughs> and they walked off into the sunset together.
1: And you know what a genius concept would be that they come back in 2 years and have a baby and it's 3 if by C. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Cashier, a thief and a baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm walking on sunshine (laughs) they're
2: still having the same relationship problems because he has Uh, not got his life together because she keeps giving him chances and he keeps blowing them yep take Uh, a leaf out of rosie prez's book everyone
1: he's gotta go (laughs) um i don't know what to talk about first let's talk about i gotta talk about better roses um christian slater plays um kind of a creep um he plays (laughs) He plays a guy he you uh, know in, in a he works in a flower shop um and his wife died recently and he's very aloof huh. and he walks around the he walks around New York at night. Not New York, uh, it's uh Pittsburgh I think. Um and he just <laughs> um there's another there's another uh, lady. Um she we open up it it opens up like basically halfway through a conversation of her like you closing this deal. She's a big big sort of um business lady like it. <laughs> and then she gets uh, notified that someone from her past has died we don't know if it's her dad or anything like that but it's just someone that's died um okay. she's crying in her apartment and christian slater's out on his midnight walks and looks up and sees her and then sends her some flowers but she doesn't know that um
0: oh.
1: and he delivers them and then like she needs to know who sent the flowers so she she tracks down the flowers and goes to the flower shop and christian slater's there and she find he finally goes look I sent you the flowers because I look into people's apartments at night and I saw you crying. So I thought I'd give you some flowers and make you feel better. That's Um, okay, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why not? Um, The way she tracks him down too is um, she finds, she she basically follows him and they said, um, she goes to the shop and they're like, oh, it's 12 o'clock. He's usually at the library. And then we come in and he's sitting with a bunch of kids being read a story. by oh the librarian <laughs> and he's like i go there every day because it's so pure and so nice And like this guy's a fucking freak <laughs> yep
2: <laughs> um, did he get a huge inheritance when his wife died and he had, was like, a, well, no so he around.
1: he was a uh basically like a day trader like he was like really like a financial whiz and like and he just left so he's behind. super rich he's super rich and he also had like um the, his grandfather left his flower shop to him in his will when he died. So, like, he has this amazing flower shop and on the roof it's, like, basically like a full-on garden. Um, they kiss. She doesn't want to get too involved. But then he wears her down. <laughs> and they start dating. <laughs> what they do. Um, then he finds out. Then it goes real dark where you find out that the guy who died at the start of the film was her foster dad who is in, pretty much implied that he molested her. Um mm. And she has no, she has no family. Um, she's got this sort of. Um, they couldn't get Janine Garofalo, but they got someone that kind of looked like her, um, wearing glasses. I don't think had any lenses in them. Um, As <laughs> was the start at the time. Then uh, he does the, he does the worst thing possible. Like they, they they're back together. They go out to his family's place for Christmas, and then he proposes to her in front of his family while they're opening presents, and she's like, No. <sighs> Um, and then she, at this, at this point, me and, me and Mal were watching it and we we're in bed and it was really, and we we're really tired. And she's like, How much long is to go? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, 12 minutes. She's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> so we watched it. It's like a real short movie. It's like 87 minutes and it felt like three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up together. It's all fine. Um, and he, it's so, it's a, it's a weird movie. And, um, I Josh was, Brolin's like, in it, yeah. Baby, Josh Brolin's in it. He's a bit of a douche, um, which nice. plays well. Um, and there's no even um, uh, Bon Jovi "Better Roses." I was like, "There's not." No. What? No.
2: Why think they call the
1: film that then? I think it's from a poem. Was like, I don't know. I, no, I don't really. That was really watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I also watched Screamers, which um, I'd already always seen when I was working at the video store. That the the front cover of this is quite looks quite cool. Um, it's got uh, Peter Weller from RoboCop, and it makes is, me think of Tremors. It's terrible. It's uh, you know what Tremors is better. Hmm. Um, this is about um, oh, fucking I don't know. Um, they work out that there's this like you know, on a distant planet. There's this um, fuel source. So um, they go to mine it, um, but then other people want it. So there's like a war going on. It's also really hard to mine because um, if you get exposed to it, you die instantly. There's like a lot of radiation. Um, uh, and there's these things that, they, that have been built um, called screamers, and they're in the ground. <laughs> and they're like little, I'll put it up on the Instagram, they're like little blades with legs. The actual, the actual design looks amazing. If they actually did more, like show more of that, it would have looked, it would have been a great movie. They, they they go on the ground and then like um when they come up to you and then, and then and they scream as they get closer to you and then uh they just slice you in half or slice bits off your body oh. um oh. and it's a movie about that and cool screamers has no business being this boring because it is so it's a slog to get through um i ended up i paid for this and i ended up like kind of like <laughs> Skipping through it a bit because <laughs> I was like, this is taking too long. There's lots of like scenes of them just walking. Um, they Thank come you across, for telling me not to watch it. Yeah, they come across this, um, they come across this kid. Um, and then the, you like the kid's like, you know, quite sort of sad and like crying and like they're, they're looking after it. And then, uh, you find out the kid's actually a cyborg because <laughs> he gets shot. And there's like just there's like moving parts and stuff inside of it, um, and they come across these two guys that are like living out there, sort of like um, they're like kind of like uh, pirates, like like they they're sort of um, pick off people and 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 steal their stuff. But like, they're, they're, yeah, all these kids are actually cyborgs. And there's a scene yeah. where <laughs> where a bunch of these kids come out, and they're all they all the same. I'm pretty sure they got some little people to fill, fill in some of the roles. But there's the scene where like they're coming out this door and then they're just mowing down them with these with machine guns. But it's like they are children, they're cyborg children that want to kill them. But it's like <laughs> it's a prolonged scene. Not children, scene. Poor, they're robots. Yeah, it's a it's a prolonged scene of like seeing these things that look like children just getting mowed down by machine guns, and it's fucking amazing. Um.
2: Are the are they made to are the children robots made to be like like some sort of pests or yeah they're
1: kind of like uh they're kind of uh intelligence like they 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 get picked up then they oh they they um they they draw the screamers and stuff to prey so like they go out and they find people and then they send a signal to like the screamers and the screamers come and kill them right um, okay the funniest thing was that like there's heaps of smoking in this movie. Um, And then at one point they start smoking these red cigarettes, and what you find out is that the radiation on the planet when you go outside uh, is deadly because the air goes into your lungs. But they said the way to combat that is to smoke these cigarettes (laughs) that then the smoke from the cigarettes that goes into the lungs keeps you alive. Wow. It's, fucking, it's probably the most pro-smoking movie you can ever think of. It's like, if they're not smoking the red ones to keep them alive, they're just smoking regular ones. I'm assuming it's like still killing them. It's like, it's so fucking weird. It's like, it's a weird- So the film weird...
2: was funded by Melbourne and Benson and Hedges. <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, actually written by Dan O'Bannon, who wrote like Alien and stuff like that. So it's like, um, and, I, and I believe it's like it. Shut up. Um, I think it might be like an old, like, as a moth story or a Philip K. Dick story, like it's like it's an old sort of short story from a from a sci-fi writer, but like it's 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 terrible. So I get that one star. Um,
2: I I watched this while kind of watching the football, so I only gave it one star. I didn't pay close attention, but Dunstan checks in. Dunstan checks in. One star. Really
1: one star for Dunstan. oh, my stars. Okay, all right. I mean, they've got a live. Okay. Like, yeah. If you, if you look at it from the humane part of it, of course you're going to hate it.
2: <laughs> well, I mean that's kind of the entire film.
1: Um, now you talk about monkeys monkey, doing not, tricks. You, you, you talk about monkey, not Jason Alexander. <laughs>
2: the uh, the true monkey, and the kid. That hairpiece too. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs>
1: okay. I think it suits him. Your but- ball. <laughs> <laughs> it looks exactly like the one in that episode where she throws it out the window.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they probably saw that episode and went, I think that suits him.
1: Or are you mad that you just think that you might have just missed out?
2: <laughs> and the rest of the room probably went, I don't think it suits him. But one person was like, no, 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 no. It looks That's good. Fine. Um, also, I'm... if he doesn't have it on, then he's George.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. I watched this a couple of years ago with my kids and I think they liked it. Um, I believe it went on for a bit too long. Like it seems yes. like it's, a, yeah. Um but it's all about him getting like like another star for his rating is that this one
2: Yeah it's kind of like the Michelin star for hotels like you need to get accredited to have an extra to like the five star like you want to be a five star hotel and he's trying to get things ticked off but then the monkey keeps ruining it
1: Oh, that monkey Um
2: that damn monkey
1: a Uh monkey monkey I, 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 I did watch from dust till dawn um now Gosh. this one <laughs> this one um I, I used to be on another podcast and this is heralded the end of like cause when we watched this and I came in and I'm like this is't very good anymore and then the other people in the room were like this is amazing i'm like I don't think we're on the same page <laughs> 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 are um, we uh, on the same page it's uh it it uh allowed Having me said
2: to- that I didn't watch it. And I haven't seen it for a
1: long time. Um, so. it, it allowed me to get rid of my DVD copy of it, which is a, if you know me, that's a big thing. Um, it is. It is a movie for a certain age that I'm not anymore. Like, I get the appeal of everything about this. Like, I get the appeal of... Um, Clooney is is a good action star in it. He's actually probably the best part about this. I, I love Clooney in this. Um, Tarantino um, plays a creep really, really well. I don't know how he, how he does that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
2: Tarantino randomly... Did he write in a scene to make out with Sam Hayek's feet, even though he doesn't want to make out with feet? Mm-hmm. Did that happen?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Did he also do yeah. that with Juliet Lewis? No, that bit's just like she yeah, he he just sort of leers at her. Um he doesn't actually get to do anything with her, but like it's like it's just it's just it's gross. Mm-hmm. Um and there's like, I don't know, like the like I, I there's a there's a documentary that goes on, on along with it called Full Tilt Boogie where it's like, it sort of shows the making of it and um, you, you can see like these are the guys that have been just given a bunch of money by the Weinsteins to just do whatever they want because the Weinsteins can say like, you know, they're, they're hot property right now. And obviously like, um, you know, looking back on it, we know what was going on at the time now sort of thing, but they, and whether they did it or whether they didn't, we don't know. But like, it's got a gross factor to it because like everything about this, you can just imagine like Harvey Weinstein just like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just gross. Like the amount of um, nudity and like the whole Summer High. And look, you know, I think Summer High like enjoy doing it. So like if that's, if you feel empowered by it, that's fine, whatever. But um, me and and Mal watching it, it was just like, it goes on for a long time. And then when the vampire bit comes in, I was expecting it, to be, I was expecting it to look better <laughs> because it it has a bit of a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers feel to it at times. <laughs> because like, like I know at the time they're like, "This is amazing." Do they look like, like Buffy know, vampires, little bit, yeah, yeah. Like it was just like, and it's and it's 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 very violent and very sort of bloody and gross and stuff like that. But like, it's very rubbery as well. Um, and uh, I always hated the look of Tarantino's vampire. He looks he gets this like huge, like an even huger forehead. um and his was very, very Buffy. His was very very Buffy. Yeah. Um. And I, but I mean, I love in it. I think he's he does really well. Like, and but there's a point in it where I'm like, did he at some point go? What the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm like, yes, yes yeah. I don't know. Like, um. So yeah, I gave it like two and a half because I don't know there a probably was one time in my life where I would have like, you know, defended this movie to the hill and loved it and all that stuff because I think everyone, every boy especially, you know, not, not to be that specific, but like, you know, it is a boy film. Um, yes. It is a yes, teenage is. boy film. <laughs> um, and I think if they didn't lean, like, I hate the bit with like the bank teller, like you don't see exactly what happened to her, but like, it's, it's, it's not given, like, it's kind of seen as like, oh, that's just something that Quentin Tarantino's character does. He kills and mate rapes women. And, yeah, George Clooney has a girl in him, but, like, you know, he ultimately forgives him. And it's like, I don't know, it's just a bit icky. And um, the ickiness outweighs the awesomeness of it now. Um, Good to they, know. They had this back and forth at the start, like um, the, the shopkeeper and um, the cop in the, in the liquor store about this random conversation about how the local diner owner has a kid that they keep calling a mongoloid, Or a retard for a son, and it goes, and it's like, that's that's a choice to make a conversation about that, and I'm like, maybe you overheard two southern people talk about that, and like that's just what that's it's it's authentic, but it's it's not adding anything to the story, it's not adding anything to the film, it just makes you like think that these two guys are gross, and I just don't, yeah, it was not great. Um, I think that's
2: that's notoriously Tarantino, though, isn't it? Just a lot of his moments in the film, like they're. Iconic moments, but they're not really plot driven.
1: Yeah. And it's like, for it's stuff just look like at that, me and my
2: dialogues.
1: Yeah. like And like, I mean, if the dialogue fits, or well, if the dialogue fits the character, but like, this is the first conversation that you have in the film, and it's just two guys talking about this woman that we never ever meet and about this kid that we don't never ever meet. And it's like, it's just, just trying
2: like, to rehash his Madonna monologue from Reservoir Dogs. a
1: Little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so moving on from that, um, I think we're going to talk about biodome in a sec. Eye for an Eye* was awesome. Loved it. Um, very much a yuppie you nightmare. You made
2: me think I shouldn't watch it.
1: Well, I said no, but I also it's, it, there is a couple of very confronting rape scenes in it um, uh, by Lovell Um His character, not him. It's <laughs> also not
2: on Netflix anymore. So. All right. Yeah, I had to I'd, like...
1: I'd get it from the from the library. But um, I love a yuppie nightmare type sort of thing. Like, and it's 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 a pretty heartbreaking story. Ed Harris is in it. Um, Sully Field. Is having a birthday party, and her older older daughter's at the house, and then she's on the phone to her, in stuck in gridlock traffic. And then, while she's on the phone, the daughter answers the door, and then she hears her being attacked, and <gasps> just that that she just, gets out of the car and starts running. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I've seen this. Imagine she just sits in the traffic, it's like
2: ah, come on,
1: <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just honks people. a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keith Sutherland um, has said that uh, out of all the characters, he, he plays some pretty bad characters. We'll see another one coming up soon um, in A Time to Kill. But um, he said after, out of all the characters, he felt the worst after playing this one. He's like, it was, it was really affecting. Like, um, and he's just he's just the worst. Uh, <laughs> there's one moment where she's following him. So basically what happens is like, yeah, her, her daughter gets murdered, raped and murdered. Um, they they capture Keith Sutherland, uh, but he gets off on a technicality. So then, Sally Field starts. Go- she she goes to this um this group of uh, people at the local church who have lost their children to to crime, and there's a vigilante group there that's kind of gives her the Ooh. idea. And then they they give her a gun. She starts following Keith and Sublin. There's this one re- weird bit where <laughs> um she goes to his she goes to the seat street that he lives on and is watching him. But then she has to go into a shop, and on the shop stereo there's the Macarena's playing. <laughs> and but it's like it's oh, pre God. but it's pre Macarena. Wow. Um, like it, it hasn't hit yet. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like she's listening to this stuff. It's like, where did the shopkeeper get that from? Because I don't think even the single's out yet. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very odd. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like in the, the, the ultimate, like um, what happens at the end is like quite quite satisfying. But yeah, I I, I liked it. I, I, it was, what happens, it what was, happens at the end? Well, I don't want to give, give anything away. Does she rape and murder him? She doesn't rape him. <laughs> she oh so basically she finds out Oh, um Joe Montana is the cop, the monies. Um and um he he is great in this. I fucking love John Montana because he's got that you know how he's got that sort of eye that kind of looks like it's always like half closed? Yeah. It's fucking amazing. And in this one she she gets really angry with him and he starts to get angry back. And just the way he talks, oh, it's amazing. And he basically tells her you aren't going to get away with killing him unless like he basically breaks into your home and he's an intruder then you've got like you know carte blanche to do what you want and that's kind of what happens like she okay. she, she entices him to she lets him know that she's, she's alone he breaks in and then she yeah she kills him oh,
2: so, and that's that's where uh, Homer got the idea is it not? yeah he invited Flan into his house yeah <laughs> doesn't count if you invite him <laughs>
1: The way he's like waiting by the door, like <laughs> hitting his fist into his. <laughs> um, let's talk about Biodome, to finish off the film portion. I oh, we're not it's... we're not finished. Oh, really? What have you? No,
2: no, oh, heavens no! I watched Big Bully and Don't Be Mad in South Central while drinking your juice in the hood.
1: Oh, all right. So tell me quickly. I've yeah, been big... a busy boy. I'll tell you quickly about that Big Bully because I, I almost watched that, and then go... it just got really, really bad reviews. Is those reviews warranted? Yeah, because it's kind of weird. So. The start is too long. So it's Rick Moranis and uh, Tom... Tom uh, Arnold? Rick, Tom Arnold, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I found a really good preview thing on IMDb. It said Tom Arnold thought that Rick Moranis did not like him, but Rick <laughs> Moranis has never said that he disliked him and had a problem with the film. And Tom Arnold has continued to support Rick Moranis' career. <laughs> <laughs> Which just sounds exactly like Tom Arnold. It's like, D- are, we, are we friends? Are we do friends? You, do you are we like friends? Me? Did you like me in the film? And Rick would give him nothing. And he would continue to just want to be his friend.
1: I don't want us to turn out like Rosie.
2: <laughs> Tom Arnold is a Labrador. He is a human form of a Labrador.
1: I don't think I don't think there's anything dodgy about him. I think he might be a decent person. Because he seems yeah, very he's, happy. He's a Labrador. He's a Labrador, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so the film starts with the kid that played Rick Moranis in Little Giants playing the kid <laughs> playing. Kid Rick Moranis,
1: again. Is it the same director? I'm assuming it might be.
2: Uh, it may. I did not look. Oh. Um, but it also has one of the other kids from Little Giants in it as well, which is quite funny. They just
1: he... filmed it concurrently. <laughs> Probably. It's like, Miss Angai, go home now. No, no, we got another who should. <laughs> You're my son now. You can come with me. You go where I go. <laughs> Until you get old and we don't need you anymore.
2: <laughs> um, there's a couple of little lines that stuck out at the start because one of the... One of his friends, his dad owns a butcher, is like, and he thinks there was two food groups, meat and everything else. Vegetarian was a four-letter word. (laughs) And, like, little things that just set it up really weirdly. Yeah. It's, I did find something later that there's references to Stephen King's It. Oh, really? Oh Yeah, like, he's doing this monologue thing at the start, like, explaining his childhood and his friends. Um, and he I goes I watch
1: this now hey it's, it's directed uh, by Steve Miner who did like he directed a bunch of Friday the 13th and Halloween's
2: that would make sense with the horror references then yeah okay um, also at the start so he's like getting his little friends so they're going around like meeting each other and he goes Alan the only black kid ev- Alan was the only black kid we've ever seen but any racial differences were soon dismissed when he proved he could fit his whole fist in his mouth
1: <laughs> well Okay, you gotta have a talent. <laughs> we don't see your color anymore, Alan. <laughs> You're one
2: of us. Uh, and then this girl walks past and he says, She may have been 10, but she was built like a 12 year old. Oh, jeez, yeah. Um, but the thing that made me look it up later on, he's, he's he gets bullied by this kid called Fangs or Roscoe, which is Tom Arnold. He leaves town, Dobbs, Tom, Tom Arnold steals a moon rock yep. from school. They're, they're having this big exhibition. Everyone got to see this moon rock in the glass. This teacher comes up to the security man. And is like, can I touch the moon rock? And the man's like, that can be arranged. <laughs> um, then it cuts to all the kids in the hallway. Rick, young Rick Moranis is about to get beat up. And this alarm goes off and everyone's freaking out. And this kid yells out like they've lost the moon rock or someone touched the moon rock. And you go back into the auditorium where it was. And the security guard's freaking out. And the teacher lady is adjusting her dress. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't think it was the moon rock she was wanting to touch. I think the security man was getting busy and he lost the rock. Anyway.
1: Oh, what a weird movie. Um, yeah.
2: So, Baby Tarn Arnold steals the rock. Um, Rick Moranis sees him, finds out he's leaving town. So, he dobs him in yeah. before he leaves town. He goes off, becomes a semi-famous writer. He's doing this book signing and people keep coming up asking where... Stephen King books are um, and then this stoner dude comes up and he starts explaining his own book but he describes Pet Cemetery. so okay. there's, there's, there's a some weird little crossovers um, so yeah then I looked into it
1: <laughs> I love how much you've looked into this movie I
2: looked into it like quite a bit at the start and then I started to lose interest more and more as it got bad but the start of it um, there's an African American kid there's a pretty girl There's the two skinny white boys.
1: Oh, okay. So they're kind of like the Losers Club. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So they've kind of ripped it off a little bit. Anyway, um, Rick Moranis gets invited back by his school to be a teacher. And he finds out that uh, Tom Arnold is also now working at the school. And he's very, very scared of him. But Tom Arnold has been reformed because he got sent off to some reformatory and he's now a nice guy. But then this is... (laughs) There's a lot going on. Rick Moranis' kid <laughs> starts bullying Tom Arnold's kid. Ah, flipped so That it. was like a flip, yeah. Oh, ah, nice. Um, and then s- at some point, I can't remember what happened, Tom Arnold turns into a bully again. Okay. And starts antagonizing Rick Moranis, makes Rick Moranis do crazy things. Everyone thinks that he's crazy and mean.
1: Is it funny? If- did you audibly laugh out loud?
2: No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. No, I did not. Not at any point.
1: Do you know the guy who wrote this? Also wrote Daredevil, Ghost Rider. No way. uh, Both Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Did did not show. Uh, Actually, sorry, I'll tell you back. There was one bit where I kind of laughed when he finally goes back into his teacher's lounge and everyone is smoking (laughs) and there's someone that's crying and it's just exactly what you would expect your teacher's lounge to look like in high school.
1: 90s were the years of just like just smoking like this even more so than the 80s for for a decade that seems to be a lot more health focused yeah the smoking thing really really like took off and like I think that's where a lot of people like like later on sort of like picked up because like it was just fucking everywhere
2: yeah one one highlight I did have um so the 12 like a 12 year old girl like is very very flirty with him when he comes home okay. she's a sex ed teacher now she's super into... Women always want Rick Moranis. Um, I want Rick Moranis. But she said about the guy she was dating in high school went off and married his teammate. Oh, okay. And Rick Moranis goes, "Ah, oh, cool. And that was it. Oh, my! Nice. They didn't tease anyone for going off and finding themselves.
1: See that, Tarantino. You don't have to focus on like Dennis Leary. <laughs> but then thing. it is... <laughs>
2: It is a terrible look at like bullying and how kids are treated and how they act and what they do. It's, it's right. very little morals in it. Um, one star. <laughs> uh, <don't laughs> one be and a half, sir. One and a half. Sorry. <laughs> uh, don't be mad in South central while I'm drinking your juice. Yeah. There's a very funny line at the start. Um, it starts off basically boys in the hood. Okay. And his mum is dropping him off at his dad's house. And he's like, am I going to see you again? Are you going to be around? She goes, Come on, honey, you know there's not any strong female black characters in these films.
1: So. <laughs> oh, so it's like a satire sort of thing. Yeah, it's See, a
2: full rip-off of any of those films from um early okay, 90s. So
1: my my I've I've never actually seen this one the whole way through. Um the my main major thing with this was when I was working in MovieLand pre-botbuster when it was like VHS, this was the most stolen video of all yep. time in our store. We would get it. And it it would be and like and it wasn't it wasn't cheap back those so I think it was still like you know a good like forty fifty dollar video for us to like buy and then rent out sort of thing, and it just got stolen or just not returned over and over. I and over don't again. know
2: why. I don't know. I think it was like, just
1: like a, a quotable film. This is like pre scary movie, pre American Pie, so maybe yeah. like it was just like yeah, there's a lot of stuff that um, you know, and this like maybe
2: the next generation's blue. Not blooper film like Naked Gun. Yeah, airplane. Film, yeah. yeah it was is, the next. next like, if you one.
1: if you if you wanted to, like, you know, if you were into like rap music and and um, African American culture and stuff like, that, you wouldn't get like a bunch bunch of kids around, yeah, you know, maybe drinking, and put on Boys in the Hood because <laughs> it's like it's a pretty full on film. But if you have like a funny version of that, fuck
2: this one. But there are there are real sex scenes in Boys in the Hood.
1: There are, yeah.
2: Whereas in this, it's like very cheesily, goofily done. And then the girl's mum comes in and's like, yeah. saddle me up,
1: honey. <laughs> um, also uh, written by the Wayans brothers. Uh, so Marlon Wayans and Shaw Wayans. So this is, yeah.
2: They're, they're is... the leading roles and they're, they're pretty funny. They're good. Like it's, it, it will potentially be my movie of the month because everything else was shit. Um, I did laugh when he's in, his new girlfriend's house. who has got like kids with every man in town.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and he's just having a little tantrum being upset, just swinging his arms around like <laughs> a child. And he int- unintentionally just beats up all of
1: their kids. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. So this, this, this will be the first. Um, so after this, the next thing they'll write together would be scary movie. Then it goes scary movie two, white chicks, little man. <laughs> oh, I forgot
2: about little man. <laughs>
1: Uh, haunted House. Oh, uh, man. Like, uh, those are just, like... It's just great. Like, they're just, like, Maccas. It's just... You know, they're not good for you, but, man, every once in a while, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Um, eye for an Eye is going to be mine, because... Um, Sally so Field. it's not Biodome? No. Oh, sorry, we haven't talked about Biodome. Oh, I feel like I feel like we've, like, built it up to be this thing, big thing we're going to um, talk about, but it's just shit. It is just... Why is there a Baldwin in it? He is the worst... He like, just unusual suspects. Yeah, um, he's the one that sort of um, later on went like t- born again Christian, and maybe it's like <laughs> maybe it's just like I've t- I know that I've been um, uh, 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 my sins against film. <laughs> I need to repent. Maybe because um, he is the worst part of this film. Like when you when you out annoy oh, yeah. uh, a Paulie Shore and a Paulie Shore film, you are f- fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, We've also got, we do have, I mean, I reckon William Atherton is great. He's the shooter McGavin of this. Yeah. He's got, and like his hair in this is amazing. Um, <laughs> we've Very also McGuire. got, uh, we've got Kylie Minogue, who her dad still pays her out about this film to this day. Fair enough. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah. yeah. She tries to save it, but she's not around enough. No. Um, if you've never seen it before, congratulations but yeah it's basically about a um two st- st- stoners who get caught up in this biodome out it's actually it's actually based on like the biodome is actually based on a true story there's actually a legit biodome that was built out in the desert to see if like people can live in there um but they get stuck in there because they're trying to find a place to go the toilet um uh has called it her worst career move um <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, there is a very, very blink and you miss it cameo from uh, early Tenacious D. Yeah, um, the song. I think they're actually so young. too. Yeah, they're so young. Have you have you watched Wicked Game? yet? but like then I have. Kids. It's very short. Oh, fuck! It's funny though. Jack Black's face in his in that is just amazing. He's just pure joy, and it must be so cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like the fact that the community college that they do go to, um, his motto is "nothing to be ashamed of." <laughs> 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 I didn't notice that bit um, and there's a really good if you go to IMDB and there's a there's a really good um, background of uh, how the studio works because um, two guys I know there's a comedian called Danny Gould he also um, writes for The Simpsons and he's, he's a pretty funny, funny dude and Harlan Williams who plays the guy in Dumb and Dumber the cop who drinks the yep. pee they were originally going to be the people that were in this movie like instead of Paulie Shore and, and the Baldwin um, oh, imagine up to the point where they were doing their lines together and like running them, and then like they basically turned up to the studio and they said like we're going a different way. Um, oh and, no! And and we're going to get um they changed directors I think, and they said look um yeah, so yeah, it's just interesting. Do you think how this things could have gone. it's
2: somewhat inspired um Mike Judge with Idiocracy? Yeah, I see a lot of I see a lot of Idiocracy in this film.
1: Yeah, if it was if it was done if it was played a different way, if it was played like kind of a bit smarter, um, and I do think sometimes Erocksy is given like um, maybe a little bit too much credit, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, I think if this, if this was played smarter, it would be like a lot more. I think that's maybe the movie, the film that William Atherton thought he was signing up for, and then, um, and yeah. you know what? Good on him because he just he he he. He acts his heart out where, wherever he is. I believe <laughs> I believe he might be in the new uh, Ghostbusters. I think he comes back. Oh, so. oh. Um, there...
2: there are some some little standouts though. Uh, I was impressed because in the past we've had Paulie Shore movies and Laura looked up. Apparently he's asexual. Okay. Not that that's our business, but there's been some homophobia in his films in the past. Yeah. In this one. They say, we go both ways, and then pretend to kiss. Yeah. Nice. But they also sneak into the beds with the two scientists. That bit
1: is creepy.
2: Like, if you just sneak into the bed and go to sleep, that's Mm. not nice. But, you know, if you're just getting there and going to sleep, whatever. But, like, where are your hands going? Your hands don't need to go down there. I
1: thought Uh, you just wanted somewhere
2: warm and comfortable to sleep. I don't know, man. We should... Talk
1: Uh, about the soundtrack though, because it is one of those ones. It's kind of like Tank Girl. uh, A lot of unsigned or like you know, pretty early punk bands on there. You've Got the Rugburns, Magnapop. Was there a Tank Girl
2: reference as well? By the way, um, when he said that he failed Kangaroo Anatomy,
1: a little bit, yeah. Hey, (laughs) Um, Reverend Horton Heat, uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls. I remember. I heard in there, Um, Faith No More um what was it's little... okay there wasn't yeah, a lot that really the ramones in there um yeah. so yeah no it's it, like the, it's one of those ones the soundtrack very much this like i could start writing a uh in-depth article about the amount of 90s movies where the soundtrack over <laughs> shadows
2: what what about the jfk nod that was pretty did good. that not take you fancy
1: a little bit yeah <laughs> back and to the left very back very hard very hard to find, though, I will say. Um legit like legit legitimately hard to find. Like if you, I'm sure you can download it pretty easily but like
2: also not yeah. uh, worth finding. So <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, don't i find to... as
1: will to be minor thing. But yeah, we'll uh we'll move on. Uh, to T V. <laughs> and now I don't feel so bad about spending so long on uh <laughs> um movies because there's hardly any tv Mm. we've got pacific drive which was a australian tv show like uh kind of like the new neighbors home and away type sort of thing um had grant bowler simone buchanan who was in hey dad um also had uh i think they had a couple of you probably would have found a lot of sort of cameos from early um early days Australian stars, but yeah, I never watched it. It was on the Nine Network. Um, I think they were the only one that didn't have one of those. I think it's Channel 7 had Home Away, Neighbours had, it was Channel 10 had Neighbours and this was Channel 9's, so. Failed attempt. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> conceived as a flamboyant, melodramatic, melodramatic soap opera um, about wealthy Australians living on the Gold Coast because that's something that you know, in the 90s would have been eaten up. So. Oh yeah, we can all relate to that. Um, but yeah, there was a couple of, apparently there's was like a, a pretty decent serial killer arc and there was a, even some lesbian things there. It was like the apparently oh. the first, first time lesbian kiss was shown on an Australian soap. So yeah. Uh, as long as it's not fellas, don't want to see that on my TV. <laughs> um, and then we also had the, uh, start of third rock from the sun, which I thought was going to be funnier than what it was but it turns annoying really quickly <laughs> yeah because um, of, of that you're... one
2: guy mostly French Stewart yeah <laughs> was it is it him that ruins it
1: uh, even Joth Lithgow like I mean uh, I like Lithgow like I love him a lot but like man I think I like him more in like a cliffhanger scenario where like or in the Dexter season where he was a bad guy like he's a, he plays a good bad guy but this one it's just a yeah oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and... He's just turned up the lift gal too much for you, but, uh, but uh, baby Joseph Gordon Levitt, um, in there, uh, Wayne Knight. Um, how pretty... weird that
2: he's in this and so young. Yet not so long ago he was catching angels in the outfield and he was an actual baby.
1: Yeah, no, he's, yeah. Got... Being he's got a an... psycho. He's got a nice bowl haircut. I, I remember for the longest time and I thought it was um Jonathan Taylor Thomas from <laughs> <I> from Over. Remember... <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs>
2: Someone uh, showed me the cover to was it a River Wild or something? Yeah. With like the three hottest bowl cut boys in America at the time. <laughs> oh, Devin no, no, Sauer, no, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and um yep. Scott Besto. Yeah. They're not River Wild, it's something else.
1: Is that the Huckleberry Finn one?
2: No. But it's it's not worthy. Don't don't bother.
1: Okay. Um so it went on for six seasons, so well into the two thousands. Um,
2: yeah, it was. It was. I feel like it was a come home staple. Wild America. Um, ah, yeah, no, sorry, was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna bother you. Pregas, <laughs>
1: Um Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I I remember. I remember watching it. I, I just I I picked up. There was a. Um, I was in an op shop like last year, and they had a, a complete season for um two bucks. So I I grabbed it because I knew it would be coming up. And it was hard. To, I don't think at that point. I think it's actually coming out now, sometime this month, on one of the streaming services. But at the, at the time, it was hard to get. And I tucked in a disc, and I'm like, "This isn't very funny at all." <laughs> and I and I have a very low, like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a very a very high tolerance for ninety sitcom. Like, I, I'll watch a ninety sitcom, and yeah, this one got. Old. I think a lot
2: of it depends on like how into it you were at the time, So Like this, I got. I mean, personally, three and this think, was like a casual watch for me.
1: Yeah, I think like, I think that the premise was well outlived. Like, you know, where are you going to go after three seasons of these aliens? Like, after after season two, they've pretty much picked up on all the things, these weird things that English people, I mean, uh, Earth people are doing that they don't do. But after that, it's like this running joke of like, well, maybe you're just bad aliens and can't learn <laughs> what we are yeah, <laughs> yeah, It's. Uh, do you think they ever
2: did an X Files crossover? Because they should have.
1: Bloody well should have. Yeah, I think it was Fox too. Um, but you've also got some Conan guests to get through. I do. And we have a new, we, have, we had a big announcement last season that you're going to change the song. Um, that is correct. And I'm we're <laughs> looking forward to seeing, because like we we used to do, so if you don't know, um, we have this bit where Ben goes through all the guests that were on the Conan O'Brien show, because we're big fans of Conan O'Brien. And he does it to the tune of all the all guests in, in this month that we're doing. He does it to the tune of uh, "We Didn't Start the Fire" by Billy Joel. My Lord and Savior. Uh, which, we've done that for a few last seasons. Last year, it was "We Didn't Guess the Name." Yeah, yeah. Cool. We, we didn't guess the name. Now Ben routinely, and I didn't. I used to cut it out a lot because he used to like the amount of, the <laughs> amount of time that he used to try and pick up the melody of "We Didn't Start the Fire" was f- infuriating. Um, so now he's changed it. Um, I don't. Did you tell people last year what you're changing it to?
2: I don't know if I did. It's a long time uh, ago. I probably should have checked if I did. But uh, wait no longer. Welcome to River of Guests.
1: (laughs) I get walking in my sleep.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now Uh, I didn't want to disappoint Paul by
1: leaving the Billy Joel town. So see, and we'll stay. just, Just so you know. Like I think this is like a way harder melody to remember than We Didn't Start the Fire.
2: But I think the song as a whole probably is. Yeah. But I found like the kind of chorus and melodies pretty similar, so we'll see what
1: happens. <laughs> I listened to it yesterday, so You listened to it yesterday. Mm. Awesome. This is a long time ago. Yeah. You've had you've, you've watched um four films this since... <laughs>
2: And Laura's probably going to knock on the door at some point and just ruin my whole groove.
1: Well, but I think I'm ready. Let's let's give it a go. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm so excited and so happy. Uh, Apologies
2: right. to any Joelers out there if
1: I just do the chorus for 60 seconds. But we we Joelers. That's are all a hard the song advice. is. Yeah. Come on. Um, I get my. I'm gonna get my. Because uh, you're gonna foul this one, well, so I make my stopwatch up.
2: Sure. There's there's quite a lot and there's I haven't usually I'll try and have a sneaky peek. Yeah um there's some names in here that I'm not confident with.
1: This is the this is the excuses that I usually cut out the episode, folks, so enjoy this. <laughs> um I'm gonna give you a five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Uh, five, four, three, two, one, go.
2: Gilbert Godfrey, Brady, Faber, <laughs> Macaroni, Meatloaf me <laughs> Forrest Whitaker, Cynthia <laughs> Stevens, Deborah Nova, Eric Weese <laughs> Jim Brewer, Matt Frewer. <laughs> Kevin Neal and Gina Lee Nolan, Bonnie Hunt and Kevin Meany, Helen Martin or McDonald, Harlan Worms, Luden Wright, David Allen Greer, wait, is it? Yeah, John Pizzani, no, ah, back into the fucking song. Richard Hall, like Cabrini, California, Alan Clay, or David Ladd, jo- oh, John Twistle. Julianne Phillips, Wanda Sykes, oh, Mickey Gilly. Mary Marple's Trump, Peter Wellard, Lloyd Cole. Jonathan Silverman, Bill Bradley, Myers, Dean Brian Peter Hagmill. Is that
1: how it goes? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Have you finished?
2: Yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh, it's Pete Hamill, not Hagmill. There's a smudge on the screen. Off,
1: you started off so strong, <laughs> and like then like
2: thought... I just I felt that I turned into we didn't start the fire because he does like that that fast thing.
1: Oh, that's like. Um, sometimes God, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that
2: bit Yeah, I was like, oh shit, did I just go into Weezer and start the fire? Yeah. Nah. But I don't think that I did Then I very much lost it I also skipped Oh no, I did all the names Yeah, I did all the names John happy. Entwistle was on it From The Who
1: <laughs>
2: By himself
1: oh, I'm very happy
2: <sighs> uh, That wasn't too bad for a first try
1: Yeah, that was good Alright, uh, let's get on to music <laughs>
2: The, the perfect transition from one, you know, sound genius to the next.
1: Well, we're finally getting to the end of our Coolio Gangster's Paradise. Oh, uh, really? Uh, so uh, that was in the Aria charts for a little bit, and then it got switched to George Michael with Jesus to a Child. I don't know how that song. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, but Mariah Carey and Boys to Men still dominating the Billboard charts of. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, one sweet day. So, it's from a album called Older. This song goes for six minutes. It's too long. I'll have you, nope. learn, George? Thank you. Releases. We got Shiner with Splay, Tori Amos, Boys of Pele, Mystery Machine, Frank Black, Stubbing Westward. Uh, Bouncing Souls, No Effects, The Five Six Seven Eights, Diesel Boy, and Zampano. Uh, I'll just <laughs> there's not a lot to pick here. Um, I, I was I was all ready to hate Frank Black. Um, and the first song of this of this of this album really is not uh, Frank Black. Um, and Pixies have, have got that sort of thing of um what I hate about uh um cool thing um. What's the name? What's the band? Is like youth? Yeah. They, the song sounds great. And then like it's like they said, oh, that song sounds too good for people to listen to. Let's put a shit ton of distortion at the top or like sing out of key or out of time. And then the song just like, to me, just goes. Ugh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you haven't actually really listened to the Pixies on Frank Black because I don't get that vibe at all.
1: <laughs> This is Punk Rock City. I like Men in Black too. Is...
2: I like I Don't Want to Hurt You every single time. You believe it?
1: You better oh, God, no... But do you hear, see how he's sort of like, he's like singing behind the beats sort or of thing? I like, look, it's fine. Like, it's, it's good once you get into it, but like, the thing, and I suppose, maybe this is why people like Friend Black or Sonic Youth. Um, you get that. You get, the, you get the. For me, it's like I hear that. Um, the four four time. or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I know this. I can predict where this is going to go. And then when it doesn't go where it goes to go, I get I get frustrated <laughs> and confused. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Frank Black. Um, I didn't. I wasn't was, huge
2: into that album, to be honest. Though.
1: I yeah. I but I, but I was already to hate it. Like just because, like you know, I'm not a big Frank Black fan personally. Like for what he stands for, <laughs> but um, I didn't what does he like, stand for? Oh, he, just, he seems like a bit of a dick, he yeah. seems like a bit of a, no, and like, I mean, I don't know, maybe he's the same as like Billy Corgan, but I think Billy does it with more style. <laughs> Apparently Billy's really, really bad. Well, yeah, we all know that.
2: I didn't know he was a bit of a, you know, well, right wing gun toting type.
1: He's into wrestling, of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry Andy. Sorry, Andy. Uh setting Westward, um no. <laughs> really? I hear this. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> I do like the sound of it. An <laughs> Any album that starts with I am such an asshole, I'm like, Oh man, this is this is talking. We to got
2: me. a little taste of this last year with Johnny Mnemonic and Mortal Kombat.
1: It's too new metal I, for me. I can't I
2: kinda like it it's it's not quite nine it's nails or corn and i don't quite like either of them but it's like just a little bit there uh,
1: this is the gateway drug this is like yeah this is someone but got, like i don't oh, like about, it like,
2: like i'm not gonna go down that path
1: but I, like i hear i'm like i'm not gonna skip uh, this someone's about to to pass you a corn doobie and they're like hey do you like stepping westward and you're like i oh, maybe a little you should take a i hit like corn of bread it. you should take a hit of this man and you'll be you'll be part of the corn crowd then
2: and then I'll take a hint, like oh, I really prefer cornbread to corn doobies. <laughs>
1: you probably would too. Yeah. Um, Shiner, did you like them? No?
2: Yeah. I tried. It wasn't. Yeah. Nothing was really happening. I
1: didn't mind Mystery Machine. Um, I didn't get that far. It was kind of cool. Like it was. It's. Um, but I don't know what. I don't know. So you like? Look, look. Listen to this. So you think it's like a punk song? But then I guess. Hear that and just so it sounds
2: like a punk song to me. Oh,
1: it's I don't know. I, I that is, okay. it was a little bit too. Um, I don't know what they were, I don't think they knew what they were. Um, uh, Diesel Boy, uh, I, I used to like the punk rock 101 song, but this is the first time I've really listened to a, a whole album. They remind me of, oh, is,
2: um, is this the third punk release?
1: Yeah, um, right. they remind me of, uh, so i think in all music um we can see these things come through but like they heralded to me like the time where punk rock was pretty big and i believe a little bit that punk rock's for the outcasts like you know like if you the real good punk bands are usually people who've gone come from places that like uh you know they've got troubled times a lot of stuff like it's it's you can sort of hear it in there these guys and i don't look i I don't know personally anything about them. They sound like the popular kids who've heard punk rock and then, like, tried to make it sound like tried, tried did it, but probably didn't have like the um the soul behind it. Like, it sounds a bit like footy players playing punk rock. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's just not. I just I just don't like them. Um, and they also the the recordings actually um. It's just like you know, pretty easy to swallow pop um, pop punk, but yeah, like the, the lyrics in these ones are a bit like I don't know, it's very girl. Get the girl orientated, and like I just i have never liked uh, that sort of thing. So yeah. Um, uh, so we'll keep on the punk thing with the Bouncing Souls. Now you, I know your partner Laura is a big Bouncing Souls fan that's correct I am a pedestrian bouncing souls fan like I like their sort of their big sort of hit sort of songs um, I do remember because you said that you, you watched a documentary and I thought it back in the day there was this documentary that went round um, and like apparently they were like they used to live in squats and um, dumpster dive and lots of stuff and then a bunch of it, people people I knew watched that and then they thought that's what you had to do people punk. And I'm like I'm not doing that yeah <laughs> It's a good docker though. Like, she maybe watched, not maybe,
2: she we watched that one like when we got together pretty much, and it was really cool. Like, it's good. Um, but then she discovered because I was listening to this album for the pod and she started looking them up, and they had one out a few years ago about their return for a summer show. It's like a 20 minute thing on YouTube that just shows them having kids. and- Is it good? uh, It shows them chatting and getting ready for a show and what they've been, yeah, it's okay.
1: Um, It's it's
2: more like a trailer.
1: I believe the um, the next album is their big one. Um, This one, I think, is. I don't know if it's their debut. This one's alright. This one's alright, yeah. I I, I, I liked um, a few songs. We had one,
2: their first back in 94, I think.
1: They got some really good riffs, and I think um, the guy's voice sometimes is not for me, but. There's a lot of There's a lot a of, uh, a lot, of a lot of bass, uh, a little good bass stuff in there. Stuff there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know I was, I, that was that wasn't too bad. Now, <clears throat> you, I look, won't
2: say anything. That's fine. You can have your moment.
1: Look, I I know that no effects isn't everyone's cup of tea, and I know that there's questionable things done by the members at some times Having said that. <laughs> Water. This 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 album came out. This is the first album that came out when I was not only actively buying albums but also actively into punk. So I bought this this like the actual year it came out. It's probably the it's probably the album I've I've um bought. Well, maybe I didn't buy. Maybe my 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 um brother bought it, but like you know, I listened to it a lot. But like um i was very aware of this album and probably more so than like a lot of their albums like it's not my favorite one by by any means but like this one's probably the one i've, I've heard the more I, I, my band in high school used to play a lot of these songs um did you also enjoy the title <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the front cover <laughs> <laughs> Which semester. the front cover was banned. It's basically of a of a guy um with a sheep and he's giving it a reach around and that got banned and there's a there's a different cover that's in some shops. Um I think it's the most diverse album. I think it's um there's a lot of different styles going on here. There's there's five songs that start with bass, so awesome. Um <laughs> I think <clears throat> yeah, look. Norfacts to me is is very much like um yeah, it's it's that uh sneaky sort of fast food like it's it's not good for me but fuck i like eating it And anyway. <laughs> um and you'll regret it afterwards <laughs> and sometimes i regret it afterwards and they're they're on their very final tour so they're you know after this tour they're they're, they're done um and like that doesn't make me want to go out and, and see them play um but i i think you know uh mike's done a lot for a lot of bands coming up too so it's like it's it's yeah that's fit. There's, there's they've just they've been a mainstay with me throughout my entire music listening um phase. Like it's just it's they're, they're always there in the background. Um they're not my favorite punk band, this is not my favorite album, but like this month it's my number one album, so <laughs> um, because just for nostalgia's sake and just for like yeah, um just just it's it's just like listening to it more, um, in the last couple of days, I'm like, this is yeah, this is pretty good. But it's not did, my did favorite. Tori no oh No, well I'm gonna get to Tory. Because oh. Tori Amos came out with the album um and I think it's like look, I like Tori Amos and um I do like this album. I think it's a little long. Yeah. <laughs> um and I think a lot of the songs on there are a little bit ambient. Um but Professional Widow, obviously, really good um really good song. What did you think of
2: uh, it's hard because the last one was just so good yeah um, and I've really really got it I, there was some bias because the previous one like I kind of knew like from background hearing whereas this one I didn't recognize any of it it was good and the, the more I listened to it I probably start to enjoy it but it didn't really yeah. get me going
1: <laughs> and Professional Winner isn't my favorite song on the out I, I actually the, f- st- the first song Beauty Queen slash Horses is my song for the month Cause that one, I just tend to keep coming back to, and it was really, really good. So
0: this
1: is nice in the morning.
2: Yeah, this is a good one.
1: So that's my, that's definitely my song. But yeah, Zimpano. Uh, look, you, you tell me about Zampano and then I'll tell you about Zimpano. It's
2: what are you, what are you going to tell me about Zimpano?
1: It's not as, good as the, it's not as good as the first
2: one. No, it's not. Look what the rookie did. But <laughs> it did take me a few goes. The first listen, I was like, "Ah, oh, no, this isn't the Zampano I know." Yeah. Um, but the more I gave it, like, you get it. It is still a Zampano.
1: Yeah, this is um behind behind the beehive. Um, I did think I was going to be watching a Jim Carrey film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a it's got a Dumb and Dumber vibe to it.
2: Yeah. It's there's no atkinson girl here but i i still quite enjoyed it like i i could see myself having that under the background if i had not much else to choose from <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i do want to make a, a, a quick um thing so the, i don't usually put eps on there but like i remember um the five six seven eights also got a, a very big uh boost because they're in kill bill you might remember the song um uh, <laughs> So they're they're they're, they're they're the um they're the ones playing at Lisa Lou's place in uh in Cuba Volume One. Um, I really like the five six seven eight. It's like they got like if you want some like some nice music in the background, like it's, it's all like that sort of rockabilly sort of country stuff, but it's it's quite cool. So yeah, um, I really wanted to make sure I gave them a, a mention.
2: So your song and album was Tori.
1: No, so my my album was NoFX and my song was Tory.
2: Okay. And Eye for an Eye is your film?
1: Eye for an Eye is my film, yeah.
2: Um, sadly, mine had to be Don't Be a Menace. <laughs> um, Zampano, obviously the album, and I Don't Want to Hurt You by Frank Black. Okay. Great. was the nicest, catchiest song on the album.
1: Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. Um, we did it. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> judging by the length of this one, uh, get ready for a long season because there's a lot to get through. But um, yeah. we've never been one to shy away from, like, you know, we don't really care if you're listening, but if you are, that's really <laughs> cool. It's not really for you. Um, no, nah, but we, we, we do, like, I've, I've noticed over the break, too, I've, every so often I get, like, a little email saying, like, oh, your pod's got some, some such view, um, listens. I'm like, oh, people are still listening, even if we're not actively putting stuff out. So thank you yeah. very much. Um, if you are
2: listening, rate and review and tell us uh, yeah. that we're great at what we do
1: yeah and also if you want to if you like (laughs) the x-files uh go check out do you think i'm spooky um and where um i think at this stage would have finished up our season three so um
2: also if you don't like the x-files go and listen to our podcast do you think i'm spooky
1: (laughs) we got something for everyone there yeah uh and if you want to get in contact with us Living the past pod at gmail.com um Check out our Instagram, which every, year, every season I say, I'm going to be doing that more often. And every season I sometimes do. But this season I'm really going to try. Um, <laughs> I'll, def- I'll definitely put up a, um, some footage of the Screamer.
2: Yeah, make sure you come back in February, jackass.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagemban. Check out her stuff at Design on Instagram or email her at at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcasts, Do You Thing I'm Spooky. Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.